Hello, everyone. Hello, listener. Thanks for clicking on our podcast. This is Nostalgia Nights. Welcome. Um, this is our third episode. We're super excited to be here. Um, if this is your first pod or first time listening to us, um, we are just two millennial women um, listening to the emo classics album by album, discussing favorite songs, histories, um, stories, and memes. Um, my name is Brittany, and I'm here with my sister Shelby. Say hello. What's up, fam? I'm going to try and do a new one each time, so I'm saying that now for the listener to keep me accountable. <laughs> you really should. But yeah, um, as you may have seen in the title, we are discussing December Underground by AFI today, and it has been a true trip. Oh, God, I've had the best time of my life listening to this CD back. I know, I love it. I just remember, I'm just like, I was just filled with so many memes of my dramatic ass self oh in my 2006. Oh my god, yes. I could not deal. But yeah, as I said, we like to kind of give you a little history first of like the band, the um, the album's era, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, we'll dive into that and then get into the discussion of the album as always. Take it away. Yes. All right. So AFI's current members are... Davey Havoc, lead vocals. He's an original member um, when AFI started in 1991. So this band is as old as I am. That's so crazy. That's amazing. Um, Adam Carson, the drummer, is also an original member since 91. Um, Jade Puget is guitar, amongst a billion other things like keyboard synth programming. Uh, He joined in 1998 and replaced their original guitar player who was with them from 91 to 98. And on bass is Hunter Bergen, who is also some background vocals, some synths, some programming. He also joined in 1997 and replaced their original two former bass players of theirs. One who was in the band in 91 and then another one who was in the band in 92 to 1997. So those are our current four members since 98. They've been the same solid members. So AFI as a band, like I said, formed in 1991 in Yokaya, California. And I looked it up and it's this like tiny ass town in like the northwest coast of California with a population of around 16,000 people. Wow. I know. It's small as hell. Um, Also, a little, like, low-key fun fact here is that Nick13 from Tiger Army is also from here. And him and Davey are actually pretty good friends. Um, And I think he has been featured as, like, a writer, like, producer, or even guest vocal on some AFI albums. Not December Underground, Mm. I think, though. AFI is also on the town's uh, Notable People part in their wikipedia which was like so cute (laughs) Aw, i love that for them i know um so they met in high school allegedly they didn't know how to play instruments except for adam the drummer so they just were like well we all better learn if we're gonna actually like Mm -hmm. have a band um and davy was quoted as we were amazed that we even got our shit together enough to put out a split seven inch with jade's band at the time Uh, So if people are familiar with OG AFI, is that they really started out as like a hardcore punk band. Um, You really hear some of that on December Underground, but if you go like Mm -hmm. way back in their catalog to like The Art of Drowning and like All Hell's Eve EP, and they even have releases pre that, they're very like punk sounding. I think even Mm -hmm. to the point where 
this was critically people were like oh my god afi is like selling out and they're so poppy mm. like miss murder yeah. was like probably one of their bigger singles so far as yeah. a band maybe even ever as a band oh yeah 100 percent. so december underground is their seventh full-length album uh, Answer That and Stay Fashionable is their initial full length, and that was re- released in 1995. And December Underground was released in June 6, 2006, so nearly 11 years <laughs> after their initial one. We also love a 666 release date. I didn't even notice that! I know, no, okay, I was listening to... I had watched like a little bit of a, of an interview with Hunter and he was talking about December Underground a little bit and the interviewer like pointed out like oh like you guys released this on 6606 and <laughs> I was like oh my god, god, god <laughs> but then things. I also I also feel like I remember when that like came out I was like oh it's so cool 666 meh oh my god when I was like you know trying to be goth and shit you know I did not even realize that until you just said that. So I've been so sick <laughs> to that this entire time. But damn, we truly love goth kings, honestly. We really do. Uh, this is also a major label release where they were on Interscope at the time. And Davey was quoted as saying, December Underground is a time and a place. It is where the cold can huddle together in darkness and isolation. And if that doesn't set the tone what this record makes me feel inside <laughs> seriously like my black tim burton heart is just <laughs> thriving you know oh i should have fucking researched but i wonder if this was the same year that corpse bride came out because doesn't this give you the vibe mm. oh yeah oh corpse bride yeah. came out in 2005 so oh okay i was Inspo. definitely <laughs> definitely feeling just my life was like that tinted blue Yes, seriously. Um, so I read an alternative press article talk about the 10-year anniversary of December mm. Underground. Uh, so they were, had an interview with Jade in 2016, uh, where Jade said that they wrote over 120 songs for December Underground, and they even mm. wrote some at Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day's house. And I was wow. like, bro. I mean, iconic. Legends. He said some that they never even went behind him and ta- him and Davy. So there's still some AFI songs that we don't even we haven't even mm. heard. This album only had two technical singles, like two singles with videos. So one being Miss Murder, mm-hmm. obviously released in April third, mm-hmm. two thousand six. Love Like Winter in September two thousand six, um, and then apparently the Missing Frame was a single. That was released Hmm. in 2007 in February, Um, but they don't have a video for that. So some of the awards for this CD are it debuted at number one in the Billboard 200, selling 182,000 copies uh, in its first week. Uh, It went gold in Australia. It's platinum in in Canada and the United States. And then Miss Murder was number one on the Billboard Modern Rock charts. They also released a DVD for this for this album and like some of the, some sing the sorrow songs called I Heard a Voice live from Long Beach. So I was looking up tours for this album area and it looks like they took a tour in 2007 but it didn't come to us. And also, I don't know what Google's mm. fucking logarithm is for AFI, but it was really hard to look up tour history for them. 
Yeah, so I didn't see any. We didn't see them in 2007, so that's why I was like, kind of like, Mm-mm. couldn't rely on my memory. Um, but I know for you, you saw the Carnivores tour in 2014 with Lincoln mm-hmm. Park, 30 Seconds to Mars. They were actually the openers, and it was a Lincoln Park headliner tour. Yeah, that was so great. Honestly, it's my one time seeing AFI, and. It was honestly like magical. <laughs> um, I, cause like we, it, it was in an amphitheater. So, like, mm. um, if you know, like the amp, like a, the geography of like an amphitheater is like a big stage, the pit, and then just like the, the like seated, like first seated section, second seated section, probably like a lawn. I remember so vividly, like, we were on, like, um, and I went with my mom. Because <laughs> she um, stands um, AFI. Because so. she stands, like, all three of those bands. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember so vividly, we got there, like, early. And when we were walking up, like, they were already, like, playing. Mm-hmm. Like, they were playing their first song. And <gasps> oh. I was like, what the heck? Why are they starting right now? So there was, like, hardly anybody, like, in the 100 sections. And, then that, and that's where we were. And so it was just, like, literally, like, me and her just, like, fucking bopping around and shit, you know? Yes. Oh, my and God. it was so crazy. I was like, why the fuck do they have them start so early when, like, nobody's here? Like, I'm so annoyed by this. But it was actually turned out wonderful because um, during um, the Days of the Phoenix, like, Davey literally just went rogue and got off the stage and then, like, went into the 100 section. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so he maybe went like halfway up the hundred section and we were like maybe at the top ish. Uh-huh. Um but I remember like I just like ran like from my seat to like where he was and like a lot of other people did too. So like there was like this little crowd like around him. Oh my god. And it was literally so iconic and I have I have I had went back and looked at the video I posted to Instagram and I was like, Oh my god, what a great time. Oh my god, it's on your and Instagram? Yeah, and I I don't have, like, um, I don't think I have, like, the original, original video anymore, because it's probably on a phone that, like, pooped out of me a couple years ago. Mm. Yeah, it's on my Instagram, so, like, when we post this, I'll probably share, but, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, It's, yeah, that was just the best. So, like, I I do, like, hate that I've only seen AFI once in my life, but also the one time I saw them was really great, so... (laughs) It all worked out. Yeah, oh my God. I remember when you sent me that video because I knew that I was already in New York at the time and it was, oh, I was so mad. It was like they had just were going to Denver. It was like kind of in the summer-ish, right? Late summer, early fall. I think I had Mm -hmm. just left before that for New York. I couldn't go back because I was starting grad school and... Oh, I remember being so mad. I was missing that. And then I remember you showing me the video of that moment when you were going to run to... Oh, when Davey was right there. I was like, fucking iconic. And I haven't seen (laughs) AFI yet. I was... Yeah. I was like, I can't believe I came to fucking grad school (laughs) and missed that. (laughs) I can't believe I'm an intellectual and had to miss this. I know. Tragic. Oh my god, that's so amazing. I'm like still low-key jealous of you. Even though I saw <laughs> I saw AFI three years later. I went to their blood tour uh, mm. in New York. They were at Terminal 5. Um, and so like venues in New York 
are like so different from any venue I've ever been to like growing up. So they're like mm-hmm. stacked like three stories. Terminal five is like three stories. So you, you walk in, you have your mm-hmm. general pit area. And then I usually like to go up to the top stories because so, you can like look over the railing like into the pit and on stage. Mm-hmm. So I remember mm-hmm. it was like February. So it was going to be cold as fuck in New York. I remember I was, like, in my little leather jacket with my, like, little hoodie under and had, like, black mm-hmm. lipstick on. And then I was, like, feeling kind of, like, unwell. Um, but, like, mm. I was, like, this is fucking AFI. I am not not going. <laughs> yeah. Like, I low-key felt like I was, like, had a fever. And I was, like, mm, I think I have pink eye. Because, like, my eyes started being all weird. And I was like, but I'm not not going. So it's a good fucking thing we're going to get a vaccine. Because there are going to be dumbass people mm-hmm. like me who are going to go to yeah. shows if they had COVID mm-hmm. symptoms. Um, but I was on the top floor of them. Mm-hmm. Right right by the stage. So I could, like, peer over and look out and just, like, look right onto the stage. Mm-hmm. And it was just so magical to see them live. Finally, finally. I know, finally. That being said, do you want to get into the track list? That's all I have for history. Yeah. So the the CD starts off with Prelude 1221, and we love an intro song, <laughs> but we also love this intro song. Yes. <laughs> um, literally, the only note I have is what I posted on our Instagram was like, Literally iconic, one of the best intro songs ever on this godforsaken earth. <laughs> and that's literally all I have because that that's it. That's literally it. No, yeah. I I my first note is like in all caps, holy shit, this in this in headphones. Dude, I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, I have like noise noise canceling like my beats headphones and when I listened to it I was like laying down, I was chill. I was, like, listening to this in passive, like, all week until I really could sit down with it. And then when I hit play with my headphones on, I was like, (gasps) his voice just comes in so clear without, like, the music in the Mm. beginning with that soft little, like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. And then you can hear the walls in the background. And I'm like, ooh, this is so haunting. Mm -hmm. It's, like, really, like, set the tone. Yeah. Yeah. I like that word, like, haunting. It it very much is. And, like, every time I listened to it, I was just in my head. I was like, man, I'm just so, I was just so dramatic back then. (laughs) (laughs) Like, my dramatic ass was just, like, fucking, like, music video in my head to this song, you know? And it's, like, literally a minute. (laughs) But it's... It's just so good. And it's just, like, so big and full and, like, you know, just, like, really kicks it off, you know? Oh, my God, truly. I was like, this is iconic in the beginning of the Miss Murder video. Like, we'll get to Miss Murder in a second, but, like, I just remember, like, I didn't expect them to put it in the beginning of the video. So I remember when I first saw Mm, that video mm -hmm. and they had it in here, I was like, oh, my God, yes, it's getting its time. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I really love that they included that in, like, the quote-unquote like long version of that video i know oh my gosh uh into kill caustic which i low-key wish was switched with miss murder because even every time i listened to the cd i mm. thought miss murder was coming second oh interesting so I-, I hear you on that i do like the aggressiveness though of like from prelude into kill caustic i think that sets a better tone than if 
Miss Murder came out, came after um, Prelude. It's very like um, they're making their stance. Mm, that's so true. Like when you say like making your stance, I'm like, yeah, this is a song that's that I always felt like they were still like we're still AFI with like punk roots and hardcore roots. And we still know how to do that. Yeah, because I love, like, Davey's, like, just vocal gymnastics king in this song. He's singing, he's screaming, Mm -hmm. like, oh my god. I also really love the, like, um, the guitar riffs in this song. Mm. I think there's, like, multiple different ones. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, I love the breakdown in this song. It's very, like, guitar Mm -hmm. heavy. Mm -hmm. The bridge of the song is just so amazing. And then I just love that, like that gang vocal like punk energy that's yeah. like don't speak my name i'm just like oh my god mm-hmm. you could just imagine the pit yeah there's just there's just so many complex lyrics and also just like really good just like tiny lyrics mm-hmm. like throughout the entire thing mm-hmm. that are just so like iconic i guess totally miss murder for you i i really like this song and you know it's one of their biggest songs that they've ever made you know it's not my favorite song on the album 100 percent. it's always like a vibe i've always loved that like like really heavy bass line in the beginning mm-hmm. um i was watching a different interview um with like the whole band they were talking about december underground davy and jade had said that they actually initially like had a kind of a hard time trying to figure this song out and trying to write it and and stuff like that and like they kind of thought that like the the concept of like miss murder was kind of like weird (laughs) and like not like their cup of tea at first Mm. which was really interesting Mm. and so like they initially like didn't want it like on the album or didn't even want to finish it i don't think whoa um but then the people that they're working with their producers and stuff like that were like really pushed them to like go forward with it and and um jade had like um kind of just played that little riff in the beginning once and i think from there they kind of like got together and built off of that wow that's amazing because yeah this is i think one of their biggest singles i mean i'm with you it's definitely not my favorite on the single and it's on the cd and it's definitely not my favorite afi single overall but i mean Mm -hmm. i think it does what it does, like, as a single. It, like, mm. slaps the way a single should, I thought. I was like, it's just kind of, like, yeah. simply, and you can bop. Like, this is the one where, like, I think every emo band, if they ever had any sort of, like, popularity, like, had a, quote, mm-hmm. normie single. And this is right. AFI's, like, normie single. Also, I, when I was listening to the, or watching the video, um, I love Davey's, like, hair and makeup i was like he was truly ahead of his time with the androgyny especially in this album sing sorrow he's like long hair and he like has makeup but like this truly was just like elevated to another level like he's wearing lashes Mm -hmm. eyeshadow i'm just like has his Mm -hmm. nails did in this video yeah when i was watching the video too yeah i was like wow his makeup's so beautiful (laughs) i love that this is also one of those singles slash songs that like the video plays in my head mm-hmm. when I listen to it just because I've seen it so many freaking times. Whenever I like go back and watch these old music videos, I like to see like what people are saying like in the comments oh, and stuff. I should look. I never and look. There's a comment that said, this is the most emo shit ever made. Must be preserved. <laughs> 
I was like, true. <laughs> true facts. Um, and I think I remember that in the, in the making of this video, because I still remember the making of this video, is mm-hmm. that they actually got, um, the people down there are fans of AFI. Like, they got the Despair mm-hmm. Faction mm-hmm. fans to, like, be a part of that music video. Cute. Q, AFI has always been, like, one of those bands who just really treat their, like, fan club fans, like, so well. I remember on mm-hmm. um, the DVD that we had, there was, like, a little documentary part, like, about, like, the Despair Faction. I remember it was just, like, feeling, like, tears in my eyes because you just hear fans' stories and just, like, AFI is just always so thankful for them. I respect that in general about bands, but, like, I've really just always mm-hmm. respected that about AFI. Yeah, and I think that, like, just, like, watching Davies, like, just the way he is, like, in interviews and stuff, Mm -hmm. and, like, I had read just, like, a line from an interview, too, where, like, he, he doesn't interpret his own lyrics or his own songs because, like, he doesn't want to do that and, like, and, like, skew the experience or the meaning or anything for whoever's listening to it, you know? Mm -hmm. He's, like, if I explain, like what the lyrics mean or anything like that like it might change like the way somebody else is experiencing it you know Mm. and so yeah I I really appreciate that and I really felt that too like listening to this album Mm -hmm. um nowadays because like it is a different experience like listening to it as an adult than it was when we were teens totally but like it doesn't take any of it away and (laughs) Which kind of goes into the next song, Summer Shutter. This is one of the songs that immediately comes to mind when I think of December Underground. Because all of my notes are just capitals of (laughs) the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Under the Summer Rain is always our go-to December Underground lyric. But like, because I remember so vividly. I don't even know why this is such a vivid like memory in my brain. But I remember so vividly listening to the song in the backseat of our car. And it was raining mm-hmm. and it was summer. And I was feeling oh, yeah. emo for whatever teenage reason I was feeling emo for. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow. this is." And I was like looking out the window and I was just like watching the rain fall on the window <laughs> pane. As like he's singing under the summer rain. And I was like, I am under the summer rain. I'm like, this is oh so gosh. beautiful and perfect. And I was like, they wrote it about this moment. <laughs> Wow, love that for you. I know, truly, truly. I love also the bridge in this, the like, this is the fall, this is the long mm. way down. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. every time I listen to that, even to this day, it has that feeling of like when you're in the pit and you're getting like tossed mm. around and you're like sweaty and like you're pressed up against bodies and you're just like aggressively pointing to the band yeah the song it's so complex of a song because it has just so many like tiny elements that come through and it's things like the like little phone number like the phone number beeps and like as you said like there's gang vocals and then like in the bridge it slows down with like some Mm. strings for like literally a couple seconds and then there's also like um a token guitar riff in this song too um that like happens every once in a while but and then it ends with like that little like staticky like ending Mm -hmm. yeah it's just like i i was noticing like all those elements when i was listening to it and i was like wow this is like so complex Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's just so nice and like cohesive 
Totally. Also, Gorgeous Eyes Shine Suicide was definitely my MySpace name uh, for a very long time. <laughs> and I remember that because I chose that name, I needed to have one of those like pictures where you're like, your eyes are so fucking huge and you're taking it from above. <laughs> so that was a thing. Oh my gosh. A very conscious choice. Going from Summer Shutter to the interview, I feel like the interview was my Summer Shutter like back then. Really? Because like... Yeah, when I was listening to it, I was like, oh my god, I used to be obsessed with this song. (laughs) And I was like, wow, the dramatics of it all. Like you, a memory came to my head when this song came on too. We used to have like um, paper, like fucking window shades. Okay. And at our place in, yeah, sorry to expose. (laughs) But we used to have like these paper shades in our rooms there was just one point where we just started writing all over them yeah, i forgot you know? about this dude and i know digging this from the grave i literally started writing like the lyrics to the interview like at the very top i think probably like wrote out the whole song like on just one side of the street <laughs> yeah and i i thought about that and i was like damn <laughs> she like, really did that emotionally she, she really was going through that and just coping, writing these lyrics on a fucking window shade. Um, oh my god, that's too pure. And I feel like I can't really like explain or like know why I used to love this song so much. I think that for me, it feels like a love song because of like the um, the lyric for a change. I'll refrain mm. from hiding all of me from you. I just love like a weird, haunting, complex love song. You do. I really do. You're God. <laughs> and so I, I, I think that's why I loved it so much. And then the interview was like a whole song. And then like the very like last like 45, 30 seconds mm-hmm. is like just those two vocals going back and forth. And it's just like these like organ like chords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's when you hear like the the phrase December Underground for the first time. Mm-hmm. And when I and I totally forgot about that part when I was listening <gasps> to the song. Oh my God. And when it came on, I was like, she was really going through it. <laughs> Wait, how old were you when, you're, when this came out, 2006? Um, I was probably, it was June 2006, yeah. so I was like 12. Oh, so were you in middle school yet? I was like going to go into middle school. Oh, so truly you were feeling it. You were going through it. You were peak puberty at this point. <laughs> I truly was, yep. <laughs> came at the right time. But I, I also love that lyric, the uh, for a change, I'll refrain from hiding all of me from you. Um, mm-hmm. I've always loved that. And when you said that, it sounds like a love song. When you said that just now, I was like, yeah, I was really vibing that in my soul recently, like in a different way. I think mm-hmm. when I was a, so if you were 12, I was like 14 or 15 then at this point, gonna turn 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know what that actually means like what that actually feels like looks like in uh in like in a relationship or in a love you know and how that Mm -hmm. is a part of like true love and like as an adult now like feeling what that feels like and how it is a constant choice so I love that the lyric says it like for a change like this is like my first time Mm -hmm. like I'll refrain like I have to actually stop myself Mm -hmm. from like hiding from you it's like so vulnerable 
Anyway, before we completely spiral off, um, but not like we won't yeah. because it's Love Like Winter now. <laughs> yeah, I love this song so mm. much. Mm. Like, this is definitely the superior single to me. Of the two um, on the CD? Yes, yeah. Oh, totally. My first note is like, okay, heels clicking is iconic. <laughs> yes. Mm. Like, yes. Ooh, I love it. I think that might be the AFI G note. I think it is. I truly. The clicks. Yeah, the clicks. A line that I really love from this song is, she said, it seems you're somewhere far away to his face. And I I think I forgot about that lyric for sure, like when, um, before I had listened to it this past week. And I was like, man, that's iconic. For me, I feel like it could fall cliche, but but somehow it's like worded in a way that it doesn't. I so agree with you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and yeah, I just love this whole song. I was like, no matter what season, but I feel it mm-hmm. in my soul the most when it's snowing and I'm like just dramatically walking around New York City and I'm just like, yes. No, yeah, this is, yeah, I definitely feel like this song, and not just because it has like visuals to it, like a music video and stuff like mm-hmm. that, like this song has its own aesthetic yes. like in its own place and its own like imagery. Yes, it feels cold. Like, it feels like <laughs> yeah. winter. No, yeah. Yeah, somehow it just, like, feels different. Like, it takes you somewhere, mm-hmm. you know? And when I was watching the video, first of all, I was like, okay, lashes. Oh, my God, yes. That's what I throw down to. Those I are so like, iconic. <laughs> the imagery from the music video is just, like, what I've always kind of thought of December Underground to be. Totally. It, like, sets the scenery. This video actually spent 40 weeks on TRL and got to be retired, which I think is their longest video and potentially the only one that got retired from TRL. I don't even think Miss Murder did. Wow. I love that. Mm -hmm. I totally forgot that things got retired on TRL. It was, like, such an (laughs) iconic thing, you know? And I also am counting this as half a rain moment because I got a snow moment. So, okay. so far, yes. <laughs> I am three for yes. three rain slash snow moments. <laughs> okay, you ready to move on to affliction? Mm-hmm. I also will say that Love Like Winter feels like a really good middle song, which is another hard song. So it's like also like, oh, it's kind of like starting over in a way. Like here's our kind of mm. our single or like our softy kind of poppy one. And then we're going to go into like a hard song. That makes a lot of sense. No, yeah, I think affliction... I think is the most like kind of like AFI punk sound, mm, mm-hmm. but it also does have its own like unique qualities. Like I was thinking that like the verses and the chorus and the bridge like all kind of sound a little bit different mm. from each other, but they do like come together and make a song. And as well as like I totally forgot about like probably like minute long transitional part or something. Me too. At the end of this song too. Which is also an interesting um, mid-album thing to have, you know? Totally, totally. I don't know if I actually would want it to have been a separate track and maybe fluffed a little bit more, like, more into it. I feel like it's fine mm-hmm. now, but I'd just be curious as to, like, what that would have been like if it, it, had a, it was, like, a full interlude sort of thing. Right, right. Got you. Yeah, I didn't really have too many other thoughts about Affliction. I think it still fits, though. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it, there's, like, the thing about the CD, I think, as, like, my full album thing is, like, 
it has really good transitions. The Missing Frame. Oh my god, my favorite song on the album. Always been my favorite song. I have been texting you this lyric this whole week. <laughs> <laughs> Literally every time I've been listening to it. Oh, you dead. oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like yeah, this song is like so like just fun to like bop around oh, to. I'm like you know, swaying. it just like has like such a nice rhythm. Yes, um, I'm swaying. I love the symbols and the drumming of this song. Mm-hmm. And I like really wanted to ask you like you know, whatever that is, it just feels like he's like, like I just love the of the like the song. It's like so fast. I'm thinking about it initially, like it's a pretty like standard, like drum part. Mm-mm. But it's like it's those drum parts that always have that really good rhythm and like always have that really good groove. In my notes, I wrote, I feel like this could have been released yesterday, and I wouldn't even doubt it. Totally. And I feel like that's because like it has. A really good mix of like like a fun rock song but it has like those like little techno-y mm. um sounds and stuff mm-hmm. and beat and groove um that is so balanced out so well that like it makes it i guess timeless totally totally and like because the song exists it didn't feel so like off the handle that like black audio was a thing other thing i just like love the lyrics of this of this song and i wish it because because it was like kind of a low-key single i wish it was like a full single that like we got a a Mm. video and Mm -hmm. i just love too when the bridge like it slows down at that little bit and there's like that beauty like in the background like kind of when the techno things come this whole song i'm just like vibing to the point where kissing control is like i'm just like honestly i needed this song as a reprieve (laughs) Um, Kiss and Control was definitely, like, the song that, like, of course, this whole album, but the song that really reminded me of how versatile and complex a vocalist Davy is, mm-hmm. um, because that's, because that beginning is so soft, mm-hmm. and then he goes into his, like, really deep, like, heavy voice, mm-hmm. and then he's also, and he also screams in this song, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Kiss and Control has a little song monologue that I always love. We love a good song we monologue. We love a song monologue. Oh my god, I literally wrote the speaking part of the song, give me life, breathe the air into my lungs. <laughs> Serious. Yeah, I just love a whole ass speech like in the middle of a song. I love it so much. Which was truly um, the thing for so like e- like Pete Wentz does it, Bert does mm-hmm. it, we'll get there, but oh. Oh, oh yeah. No, yeah, it was truly the like 2005 to like 2007 2008 thing to do was this like weird like talking part in the middle of your song or the end of it it's the least like i don't want to say cringy but like some of them are kind of cringy like from other other people (laughs) but it's like it's the least cringy and whiny like monologue Mm -hmm. there that exists i don't know i think it's just like the the length of it the words that he uses the way that he like breathes into like the words and like times things and like the emphasis and stuff like that and then just like the like perfect scream at the end you know just kind of like brings it all together but yeah I love that so much I love it so much like what kind of like what you're saying it sounds like every time I listen to it it still sounds like like a poem it sounds like poetry to me not um like whiny boy 
off on his mm-hmm. soapbox in a way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hear you. Yeah, it's like it's like truly like a poem that he stuck in there. Like our dreams burst forth in life and death. Hold me and tell me we'll burn like stars. We'll burn as we fall. Yeah. I was like I know. I still feel yeah. it in my soul. It's the best. Truly. Into Killing Lights, which I was just like, honestly, I needed a little uppity bop to pull me out of the emo hole I buried myself into during that um, oh, yeah. soliloquy. Um, but this bop is just to, like to flail to. I was like, because like, the rest of the album has been like a lot emotionally. So I just kind of chill during Killing yeah. Lights. I just like feel myself. The sound definitely stuck out to me more than anything. I guess, like, the feel of it, it just almost feels, like, swing-like, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, almost, like, jazzy swing-like. I can hear but that. if you were, like, an emo goth, you know? Mm-hmm. I honestly think it does sound just, like, a tiny bit different than the rest of the album because of that. Mm-hmm. And just, like, I don't know, just, like, the melodies, like, there's, like, good, like, syncopation in, like, those melodies. And just, word. like, gives it, like... A nice new feel, I guess. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't really have like have had the words. I think that's like where your kind of like trained musical ear can like tell the nuances of things. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah it's a thirty-seven millimeter. I had said like while I think the CD has a really good flow, like like I said, I mm-hmm. wish my reprieve songs were sprinkled through. But then I thought like I'm not sure if that's just because they're my reprieve songs and like if right. If these are not someone else's reprieve songs, maybe the album would have made sense in that way. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm flexible with that. Uh, I yeah. love the, <laughs> I love the little thing at the end. That's we like that the little chant, the like we are one, we are no one chant. Oh yeah, but it's like really like techno y. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. This song in general doesn't super stick out to me. Mm. It did remind me a lot of Black Audio, mm. which makes sense because mm-hmm. Black Audio came very soon after. They're probably just like, you know, like kind of testing, testing the waters of all of that. But yeah, I actually, I really liked that like little techno part at the end too. Plus that's the little thing that like AFI's fans chat or chant at the beginning of their mm. set. And right. they did that when I saw them at Terminal 5 when all the lights were out and people were chanting. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> It's happening. It's happening. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Love that. But right into Endlessly, she says, Listen, (laughs) I was spiraling when I was listening to this song. This is like my other song besides the interview that I just love so much and have loved like ever since it came out. Mm -hmm. I always loved that, um, the little like strangely they seemed backing vocal Mm -hmm. like the way that the way that those like little verses are written Mm -hmm. I've always thought that was like really unique because like those little backing vocals are important to the lyrics Mm -hmm. and to in order for like the story and everything to flow Mm -hmm. I think for me endlessly she said is just so like beautifully haunting Mm -hmm. and is also for me another dark love song Mm -hmm. listening to the whole album getting to endlessly she said just kind of remembering and maybe even noticing for the first time just how complex the themes and the lyrics and everything is on this album totally um just kind of fell back fell into this song as well and it being like a dark love song i really feel like the way that the themes and the lyrics are so complex makes it 
a love song that's not 100% romantic. And I think it gives it like a really like broad sense of love and any kind of love that you can feel. And this is the part where I was kind of spiraling a little bit because <laughs> I, I was just listening to it and I felt just a huge connection to love and grief mm, in this song. So true. And I think for me, it became a connection that December Underground feels like a place in between worlds and lives. Mm. And it just almost feels like a place where where leaving souls like take the time to pause and say I love you one more time and then continue on. Mm. And it just has this place where like it feels like something's unfinished, mm. which kind of brought it all full circle to me because I've always been so interested and curious of why they ended the song on like a minor note hmm. mm-hmm. that and that just like brought it all together for me mm. <laughs> then i was like oh like december december underground isn't a place that's like final it's a place to like go and transition in and do what you need to do to like finish something or feel whole mm. and then continue on to whatever's next mm. no yeah. yeah i think that's like that's beautiful i feel like when you're saying that like I feel that as well like listening to this song I thought of like oh what a perfect song and a perfect ending in like such a crescendo I was like this feels like a last song of a musical for me like the hero's final number yeah Um, Mm -hmm. because it just like it there's so much like building and like intricacies and I love the screams into like the small delicate voice there's such a feeling of like catharsis with it and Mm -hmm. so like when Mm -hmm. it ends on that minor note like I I feel so like spent but like in a good way Mm -hmm. December underground Mm -hmm. makes you feel all the different emotions like this Mm -hmm. is definitely an album where I've cried I have danced I have like yeah I felt angry or felt so happy and safe in Mm -hmm. so I totally agree with you and I I like that I I always thought of it as a love song but I think in my Mm -hmm. of course 15 year old brain I was always just like oh my god romantic love but like (laughs) yeah now as an adult where there's only so many different types of love and plus I thought too like as a teen like when you said that because it's always endlessly she said I just felt like Mm. such a connection. It always made me think of like, we would spend a lot of our young lives waiting like for daddy to come home and like not knowing. Kind of low-key always made me think of like, oh, maybe this is like what mama might feel. Um, Mm -hmm. And then now kind of like saying that as like a narrative of grief, it still feels that way, but like in a different way. Mm -hmm. I feel like I will wait for you endlessly. And that is, a, like, mm-hmm. one of the most grand gestures of love is, like, waiting for yeah. someone. Patience. Mm-hmm. Damn. Fucking AFI did that. Woof. 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 Whoa. Come back to life. <laughs> Are we ready for nostalgia rating? Yeah. If this is an, I am ready. If this is an album that we're going to lay to rest in the nostalgia times, or is it a timeless classic? My rating is 10 out of 10 timeless I just think that this is just a piece of art. It has complex sounds, complex lyrics. It makes its own world. Mm -hmm. And it's artistic. And I feel like, you know, in this scene, in in this, um, like, emo pop punk scene, it's hard to 
step away from like that punk sound and the rock sound and just this very standard standard place to be in in making music Mm -hmm. i think it's hard to for some bands to like go an artistic route Mm. but still make it them because like december underground is is it's still afi Mm -hmm. it's still good rock it's Mm -hmm. still um it's good imagery it's good lyrics i just really feel like december underground kind of allows the freedom to be what whatever it needs to be for whoever's listening to it i think going back to um what i was talking about of davy not wanting to interpret lyrics or not wanting to like skew that experience for people and that's also like what makes it timeless too because like he could very well say like oh this this and this means this this and this Mm -hmm. and then that's what it is and that's what it is forever Mm. but i think a good um especially a good concept art album becomes timeless because it can be interpreted so many different ways and for and for so many different years you know Mm -hmm. no I agree I agree it is like a work of art I think I was even more I was surprised of like how I felt still so connected to this album like 15 years since it came out and when I was listening to it for the first time and I could still feel just such a soul experience for me that like I hadn't felt as much with some of the albums that we've done previously or just Mm -hmm. like in a different way where it still felt like it was meeting me where I am Mm -hmm. and it was like so many great things just like all in one and I think you're right it's it's timeless because it one it is like art it's amazing songwriting and like Mm -hmm. musically and lyrically and that they didn't tell us what it is they let us decide what December Underground could be for us like I love it I was like I'm so glad we did this album again I to be honest it wasn't one I had listened to in like years maybe Like, maybe I put it on a, like, this is AFI Spotify mix or whatever, but, like, to listen to Mm -hmm. it fully all the way through again, I was like, damn. I'm so glad we did this. Got to appreciate it fully again. And it still, like, hits. Damn. Well, (laughs) we want to know what you think about December Underground, what you think of this pod. We're now on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify Podcasts. We're on other places where you apparently can get podcasts that I didn't know you could get podcasts on. Um, we're yeah. also on SoundCloud and follow us on social media at Nostalgia Nights N I T E S for the Nights. Follow us on there. You can follow us on our personals that are also linked on there. Um, especially if you want to see mm-hmm. Brittany's iconic video of when she was very close to Davy. Yes. Yeah. I'll have that up somewhere. But yeah, thank you so much for listening to us and um, going down this pit that we've <laughs> dug for ourselves. <laughs> and we'll talk later. Thank you. Bye. Bye.